We encourage young people in the rising generation to see their own potential to build great spiritual strength. Truly, my dear young friends, you are a chosen generation. I hope you will never forget it. I hope you will never take it for granted. It is not by chance that you have been reserved to come to earth in this last dispensation of the fullness of times. Your birth has been foreordained in the eternities. You are youth of a noble birthright. Thank you for joining us on For the Youth on the Mormon Channel. I'm John Hilton. Today we'd like to discuss a very serious topic, the thing that President Ezra Taft Benson called the plaguing sin of this generation. He was referring to sexual immorality. President Benson also said that the prophet Joseph Smith said that sexual immorality would be the source of more temptations, more buffetings, and more difficulties for the elders of Israel than any other. President Joseph F. Smith said that sexual impurity would be one of the three dangers that would threaten the church within, and so it does. President Gordon B. Hinckley referred to the challenges with immorality as being the most common and most difficult of all problems for you young men and young women. Many teenagers have questions about the law of chastity. Let's try to answer some of these. The first question we'll answer is, what is the law of chastity? Chastity is sexual purity. Those who are chaste are morally clean in their thoughts, words, and actions. Chastity means not having any sexual relations before marriage. For the strength of youth provides a valuable standard that can help us stay morally clean and virtuous. It says, quote, Before marriage, do not do anything to arouse the powerful emotions that must be expressed only in marriage. End quote. Following this guideline can help us to stay safe and make correct decisions. In addition, for the strength of youth lists some specific things we should not do. It says, do not participate in passionate kissing. Do not lie on top of another person. Do not touch the private sacred parts of another person's body with or without clothing. And do not allow anyone to do that with you. Let's look at another question. Why is it so important to live the law of chastity? Everyone always emphasizes it. And some even ask, what's the big deal? Let's talk about three reasons why three reasons why it's so important to live the law of chastity. First, breaking the law of chastity makes a mockery of the Savior's atonement. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland, a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, explained this concept. We declare that one who uses the God-given body of another without divine sanction abuses the very soul of that individual, abuses the central purpose and processes of life, the very key to life, as President Boyd K. Packer once called it, in exploiting the body of another, which means exploiting his or her soul, one desecrates the Atonement of Christ, which saved that soul, and which makes possible the gift of eternal life. And when one mocks the Son of Righteousness, one steps into a realm of heat hotter and holier than the noonday sun. You cannot do so and not be burned. Please never, never say, who does it hurt? Why not a little freedom? I can transgress now and repent later. Please don't be so foolish and so cruel. You cannot with impunity crucify Christ afresh. 
Flee fornication, Paul cries, and flee anything like unto it, the Doctrine and Covenants adds. Why? Well, for one reason, because of the incalculable suffering in both body and spirit endured by the Savior of the world so that we could flee. We owe Him something for that. Indeed, we owe Him everything for that. You are not your own, Paul says. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In sexual transgression, the soul is at stake, the body and the spirit. According to Elder Holland, our bodies are gifts that should not be tarnished by immoral activities. The Savior purchased them with His blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. We owe it to Him to keep them clean. If we break the law of chastity, we desecrate Christ's atonement. A second reason why it's so important to stay morally clean is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. If you've got your scriptures, you can turn to page 1442 and mark these verses if you don't have them marked already. It says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. We must stay morally clean because our bodies are sacred. A third reason why it's so important to obey the law of chastity is because immorality does not bring the love you really want. Often, when people are in immoral situations, it's because they're trying to fill a need in their life. In fact, President Benson went on to explain, I recognize that most people fall into sexual sin in a misguided attempt to fulfill basic human needs. We all have a need to feel loved and worthwhile. We all seek to have joy and happiness in our lives. Knowing this, Satan often lures people into immorality by playing on their basic needs. He promises pleasure, happiness, and fulfillment. But this is, of course, a deception. Do not be misled, misled by Satan's lies. There is no lasting happiness in immorality. There is no joy to be found in breaking the law of chastity. Just the true, the opposite is true. There may be momentary pleasure for a time. It may seem like everything is wonderful, but quickly the relationship will sour. Guilt and shame will set in. We become fearful that our sins will be discovered. We must sneak and hide 
lie and cheat. Love begins to die. Bitterness, jealousy, anger, and even hate begins to grow. All of these are natural results of sin, of the sin of transgression. So let's review. Why is it so important to live the law of chastity? One, breaking the law of chastity makes a mockery of the Savior's atonement. Two, the body is sacred. And three, immorality leads to unhappiness and hate. It doesn't give the love that will bring true happiness. You're listening to For the Youth on the Mormon Channel. I'm John Hilton, and today we're talking about sexual purity. Another question. How serious is the law of chastity? The book True to the Faith teaches, quote, In the world today, Satan has led many people to believe that sexual intimacy outside of marriage is acceptable. But in God's sight, it is a serious sin. It is an abuse of the power he has given us to create life. The prophet Alma taught that sexual sins are more serious than any other sins except murder and denying the Holy Ghost. Sometimes people try to convince themselves that sexual relations outside of marriage are acceptable if the participants love one another. This is not true. Breaking the law of chastity and encouraging someone else to do so is not an expression of love. People who love each other will never endanger one another's happiness and safety in exchange for temporary personal pleasure. End quote. Let's go on to another question. Teenagers sometimes wonder, they always tell us we shouldn't become sexually involved, but they never tell us the limits. What are the limits? The problem with this question is that some people think if they can identify certain limits, they can get as close to those limits as possible and still be okay. But consider this quote from President Henry B. Eyring. He said, The question that really matters is this, how can I learn to sense even the beginning of sin and so repent early. What's important isn't how close can I get to the line, but rather how can I avoid even getting close? President Boyd K. Packer, president of the Quorum of the Twelve, told a story about getting close to the line. He said, The story is told of a king who was choosing between two drivers for his coach. He ordered each of them to drive his coach down a steep, winding road cut into a high cliff. The first driver came down slowly, hugging the wall of the cliff. The second driver demonstrated great talent and ability. He raced down the mountain with the coach so close at times that half the wheel was off the edge of the cliff. The king was very thoughtful, then wisely chose the first man to drive his coach. It is best to stay on the safe side of things. Remember that even if it's technically okay to do something, it is more important to stay on the safe side of things. So instead of trying to ask, what are the limits, we should follow standards that will keep us on the safe side of things. We can set standards that will help us steer clear of sexual immorality. You can set standards that will help you stay pure. Elder Richard G. Scott said, Firmly establish personal standards. Choose a time of deep spiritual reflection when there's no pressure on you and you can confirm your decisions by sacred impressions. Decide then what you will do and what you will not do to express feelings. The Spirit will guide you. Then 
do not vary from those decisions, no matter how right it may seem when temptation comes. Set some personal high standards for yourself to keep you on the safe side of things. Consider talking with your parents or leaders about your standards and seek their additional guidance. Pray and ask Heavenly Father about the standards you have set for yourself. When you feel the Holy Ghost confirming your own high standards, you will be motivated to keep them and will have greater power to do so. Another key is to control your thoughts. No one commits sexual sin in an instant. Immoral acts always begin with impure thoughts. If we allow our thoughts to linger on obscene or immoral things, we have already taken the first step toward immorality. We must flee immediately from situations that may lead to sin and pray for constant strength to resist temptation and control our thoughts. We can make this a part of our daily prayers. I'm John Hilton, and you're listening to For the Youth on the Mormon Channel. Today's topic is the law of chastity. Another question. Why do I have to wait until I'm 16 to date? The For the Strength of Youth pamphlet gives us three reasons why it's best to wait until 16 to date. On page 24, we read, quote, Do not date until you are at least 16 years old. Dating before then can lead to immorality, limit the number of other young people you meet, and deprive you of experiences that will help you choose an eternal partner. So, three reasons why we shouldn't date until 16 are that early dating can, one, lead to immorality, two, limit the number of other young people you meet, and three, may deprive you of experiences that will help you choose an eternal partner. Now, hearing it from For the Strength of Youth should be enough. In addition, research has shown that teenagers who begin dating early are much more likely to be immoral than teens who wait to date. For example, a study by Bruce Monson published in the June 2001 New Era showed that teenagers who began dating before they were 16 were nearly three times more likely to be immoral than teens who waited until 16 to date. President Hinckley added this insight to the question of why wait to date by saying, quote, The Lord has made us attractive one to another for a great purpose, but this very attraction becomes a powder keg unless it is kept under control. It is beautiful when it handled in the right way. It is deadly if it gets out of hand. It is for this reason that the church counsels against early dating. This rule is not designed to hurt you in any way. It is designed to help you and it will do so if you will observe it, End quote. By the way, perhaps you're thinking to yourself, I'll just talk about dating. I'd like to date, but nobody ever asks me out. I've found that sometimes youth, particularly young women, feel bad if they're not asked out on dates. Young men, if you're 16, 17, or 18, make appropriate efforts to ask girls on fun, casual dates. And young women, if you're not getting asked out on dates, don't let that affect your self-esteem or the knowledge of who you really are. Another dating question that many teenagers have is, is it okay to go steady with someone? A lot of youth I've talked to think that once you turn 16, it's okay to get a boyfriend or girlfriend to steady date. The prophets, though, have given clear counsel regarding steady dating. President Spencer W. Kimball taught, quote, Early dating increases temptation. A vicious, destructive social pattern of early steady dating must be changed. The change of this one activity would immediately eliminate a majority of the sins of our young folks, end quote. President Ezra Taft Benson said to the young women, quote, Avoid steady dating with a young man prior to the time of his mission call. If your relationship with him is more casual, then he can make that decision to serve more easily and also can concentrate his full energies on his missionary work instead of the girlfriend back home, end quote. 
President Howard W. Hunter said, quote, When should a young man or a young woman commence steady dating? I am sure you will agree that it is not a good idea for a young man and a young woman to begin steady dating until they have arrived at the marriageable age. There is plenty of time after high school to go steady, end quote. President Gordon B. Hinckley counseled in the priesthood session of conference. When you are young, do not get involved in steady dating. When you reach an age where you think of marriage, then is the time to become so involved. But you boys who are in high school don't need this, and neither do the girls. The For the Strength of Youth pamphlet clearly says, avoid going on frequent dates with the same person. Now, this can be one of the toughest commandments for some teenagers to obey. I don't know how it is at your school, but I know that in many schools, steady dating is very common. I've even had some youth tell me that at their school, you either steady date or you don't date at all. And if you try to go out with lots of different people, just as friends, people start bad rumors about you. I don't know the individual circumstances you face, but I do know this. If you follow the prophet, you will be blessed. I love the words from the hymn, Keep the Commandments. It says, words of a prophet, keep the commandments. In this, there is safety and peace. I testify to you that you will be happier if you follow the prophet's counsel and do not steady date. I talked about this once a few years ago. A couple of hours after giving the talk, I went to dinner, and while I was going to dinner, I saw this girl who had been in my presentation. She had bright red hair, and she pointed at me and said, You! You're the one! And then she went to the bathroom with her friend. And I saw her the next couple of days throughout the youth conference, and she was always pointing at me and making this mean face. So on the last day of EFY, I saw her again and said, Hey, why are you always pointing at me? She explained that she was mad at me because she had a boyfriend, and now she felt guilty about it. I told her that I wasn't trying to make her feel guilty, and we got to talk a little more. I gave her my email address and told her to let me know what happened. A couple weeks later, I received the following email. Hi, I'm that crazy redheaded girl that kept on pointing at you. There's this guy I've been dating for nine months, and he will leave next year on a mission. Well, when I got home, we hung out for a while, and then I broke it all out and told him how I was feeling inside. We decided to be great friends, that we would still occasionally hang out. It was so extremely hard, but I know this is what my Heavenly Father would want me to do. I know you will be blessed if you don't steady date. If you're not currently steady dating, make a goal that you will not steady date until the appropriate time. And if you are steady dating, I encourage you to think about the quotes we've discussed. And please don't point at me if you see me on the streets. Remember what President Henry B. Eyring taught. Every time in my life, when I have chosen to delay following inspired counsel or decided that I was an exception, I came to know that I had put myself in harm's way. Every time that I have listened to the Council of Prophets, felt it confirmed in prayer, and then followed it, I have found that I moved towards safety. Another question some of you might have is, how serious is it if you break all or part of the law of chastity? The answer is, it's very serious. Alma taught his son Coriantum this principle in Alma 39. In Alma 39.5, Alma taught his son, Know ye not that these things, being immoral, are an abomination in the sight of the Lord, yea, most abominable above all sins, save it be the shedding of innocent blood or denying the Holy Ghost? Can you see that? There are only two sins more serious than breaking the law of chastity, murder and denying the Holy Ghost. Staying morally clean is extremely important. Nothing is more precious than chastity and virtue. Now, there may be someone listening to this program who's feeling the burden of sin. 
Perhaps you know that you've done something you shouldn't have, and you're wondering how you can be made clean. I testify to you that Jesus Christ has provided the path for you to follow. He is reaching out to you right now, hoping that you will come to Him. You can be made clean through His atoning sacrifice. Christ gives you hope because you can be whole again through Him. And you can start that process right now by committing to talk with your bishop. Elder Richard G. Scott said, For a moment, I speak to anyone that has succumbed to serious transgression. Please stop now. Serious transgression, such as immorality, requires the help of a bishop or stake president to quietly work out the repentance process to make sure that it is complete and appropriately done. Do not make the mistake that to believe that because you've confessed a, tr- a serious transgression that you've repented of it. That is an, an essential step, but is not all that is required. Nor assume that because someone did not ask you all of the important details of a transgression that you need not mention them. You personally must make sure that the bishop or stake president understands those details so that he can help you properly repent for full forgiveness. If you have any doubts about what you've done, about whether you've crossed the line, talk to your bishop. If, as we've been talking, you've thought about something you've done and you've felt you should talk to your bishop about it, just talk to him. It might seem scary, but do it. I remember a woman who sat in a class I was in. As we talked about morality, she began to cry and left the room. When I later asked why she had left, she told me she knew she needed to talk to her bishop to fully repent, but she was scared to do so. I'm happy to tell you that she did talk to her bishop. She did feel the power of the atonement work in her life. You too can be made clean through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Now, some of you may be in a position that I was in once as a teenager. I was at a youth conference and they were talking about sexual purity And I felt really bad because not of anything I had done, but one of my friends had done. Maybe you have a friend who you know has broken the law of chastity and you're wondering what you can do to help. I encourage you to talk to your friend. You can make a difference in his or her life. To everyone listening to this program, I promise great blessings will come into your life as you live the law of chastity. You strengthen your future marriage by living the law of chastity today. President Ezra Taft Benson said, When we obey the law of chastity and keep ourselves morally clean, we will experience the blessings of increased love and peace, greater trust and respect for our marital partners, deeper commitment to each other, and therefore a deep and significant sense of joy and happiness. You are preparing for eternal marriage, a vital part of God's true plan of happiness for you. You are His child. He sent you here to find joy. I testify that by staying morally clean, you will be happy. You will have peace. Thank you for listening to For the Youth on the Mormon Channel. I'm John Hilton. To download this episode, visit our website at radio.lds.org. 
For more information on sexual purity, please visit youth.lds.org. And thanks for listening.